Hello, and welcome to another episode of Upfront and Undivided with Luke and Dina. Hi. Hey, babe. How's it going? I am good. How are you? Doing well. Good. We have a guest today. We do. I'm really excited. Yes. I'm so excited. Heather, would you like to say hi? Hi, guys. <laughs> I, I got to be excited, but I was trying to be quiet. Yes. It's that fun little balance. Yeah. Wait, there's an intro. <laughs> I've heard the podcast. Where's the music? <laughs> it's in your head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how is your day? Good, very good. Yeah, it's a nice Saturday. It is a good Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> the snow's melting. Are you excited about the snow I melting? I'm so excited. I'm not a snow person. Really? No. There might be more coming in a few days. Yeah. Yeah. It should be in the sixties. It'd be great. But no, like after the sixties, it'll be. They're talking about it again. Don't, don't say it. <laughs> She's rebuking you right don't, on the spot. Don't say it. <laughs> got a lot of time for that to change. Weather could change. It's true. Quickly. I it's mean, we true. are in the Midwest. That's what yes. happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It changes like, you know, you change your mind. Yeah. It's, it's all great. good. Oh, yeah. It's all good. Do we know what we're talking about today? We do know what we're talking about today. Um, today, we're going to kind of talk about... Some trauma, some anxiety, some PTSD, just kind of a, a special thing because I know that you and I have talked about it. Yeah. And we know that Heather has some experience. Yeah. Um, so it, things might change, but for right now, I'm going to title this episode, Trauma is Not a Stop Sign. I don't think you need to change that. <laughs> I like it. I like it a yeah. lot. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. So um, do you want to give us some background on you real quick? Kind of why maybe we asked you. Why um, I was born and now I'm amazing. <laughs> and I mean, that, that no, I have sense. a background in. Um, I was in the Air Force for yeah. almost seven years. I've done two deployments. One was what we would call a little traumatic. Yeah. Um, and I've struggled with some of that uh, for years before yeah. getting help, and just started getting help probably within the last few years actually. Um, Prior to reaching out for any kind of help, I ended up attempting suicide. Yeah. So there's also a little trauma from that. Right. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm very glad to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. People go, do you feel angry? I felt angry about that for a long time, but mm. I'm actually quite glad that I was unsuccessful. Yeah. yeah. So God was very successful. Yes. So <laughs> I love that. Um, I used to do law enforcement. Yeah. Um, in the military. I worked in an Iraqi prison for 10 months. It's a theater internment facility. Oh, that's nice and pleasant. What does that mean? What? <laughs> it means that they can stay there for as long as the government needs before they're even charged with crimes. Yep. Yep. I don't see the look and, on their face. And, the, and theater, because usually like a war zone or something. It's is a like theater. The theater, like the theater of war mm-hmm. is... Why are we making this pretty? I don't even understand I mean, that. I mean, they've done that since what World War One, World War Two, at least. Is like the when Japanese you go overseas, were put in theater internment facilities yeah. here in America. So, yeah, not like the one I was in. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, like usually, like, like back in the day when you would go off to war, you'd be like in theater, in theater. like in country, in theater, in theater, and that's what. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that started, but yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know why. See, my brain goes into the whole, like, when you were in theater back in college, and it's yeah. like you're playing yeah, a part. Yeah, that was a different that, theater. Yeah. But, but is it? You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> you're playing this role yeah. in this game and mm-hmm. this stuff, and 
I'm sorry. Maybe I'm going too deep in that, but mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I, wow. Yeah, you saw my face. Yeah. Again, those are videos that, we, why we need videos sometimes. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell me some of the things that you've had to maybe overcome in the midst of. Um, in that in that aspect, in the deployment aspect um, of that particular deployment, it was a prison. Yeah. And you could only respond with violence. Mm. There's no, there was no way to respond any other way than to be more violent and more mean and more aggressive and even more animalistic than the inmates, than wow. the detainees. Yeah. And they had I mean, a lot of riots. Yeah. They had a lot of riots. Yeah. Like, it was a really bad... Um, mixture of I can't really do anything you can't really do anything so let's just hate each other well and and enjoy what we're doing while we're here and so there was a lot of violence uh, is a prison there's a lot of prison violence yeah um, and it was an outdoor prison and that complicated things because you could see and hear things that you could not actually stop oh, from God. happening yeah so like you couldn't go into the compound itself by yourself you would you would be killed right so they had a complete rule in the compound itself and they could do whatever they wanted to their own people yeah and you just had to sit by and and listen and hear it and deal with it yeah so there um there was that yeah so So there's stuff there that you would have to do oh yeah and you don't know how to talk about that like when you come home yeah it's not Mm -hmm. it's not uh combat yeah really it is and isn't it's i used to call it gang warfare because okay. it's not yeah it's two teams fighting each other like we're not i'm not shooting you with real live ammo yeah um you know but we're still trying to kill each other wow and um there's not like you go home and people are like well you could just talk to somebody and not a lot of people had heard of the place mm-hmm. uh they didn't quite understand the mentality that comes with it is you really entered a prison and you became a prisoner yourself yeah. Gotcha. And you lived with that. Gotcha. So, uh, that was fun. I mean, so it was what af- life was for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And then after you got out, you started working somewhere else with the teenagers, right? Is yes, I went right into another jail. <laughs> yeah. I worked with teenagers um, in the juvenile system in Arizona. Yeah. And... They can be very violent as well, but again, you're the adult, so you can generally be more violent. And and it was hard to try and find that line because I hadn't used to try and find a line in yeah. Iraq. Right. There was no line to be found. You just did what you could. Yeah. And so do, you can't do that with kids, but you, you have to find something. But um, you're with them a lot. Yeah. And I came... There was a point in time where I was on a... I was on a teenage girls unit, not something I ever would have imagined as being something I enjoyed, but um, I had a particular set of girls, and they were there for a long time, and we all kind of, they bonded a little bit to you. You're with them 40 hours a week. Sure, sure. They they bond to you a little bit, and... um, You're their consistent. What's that? You're their consistent. Yes, yes. We were the... Yes. Um, And... They slowly started getting released, and 
a number of them have just disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, one was murdered, one overdosed. Gosh. So, like, that is also, it's a form of trauma in and of itself. This yeah. is somebody that, it's not my kid. Yeah. It's not my family. But I care about them. Absolutely. You know, I'd, I'd kind of be sick not to. <laughs> like, yeah. I got to this job because I wanted them to have a better life. Yeah. And they're, they're not going to have one. Right. Yeah. So, and then, well, the secret in the military is the super secret that, that people don't like to talk about. Is at my very first base, I was actually sexually assaulted as well. Gotcha. I was a cop. Ugh. I did not report it. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't. Yeah. I, I mean, I could, but I couldn't. Gotcha. Right. Because I was, you know, I was underage drinking. I was, there's all these things that was like, nope, this is going to end my career. So what do I do? Right. So I buried that for at least 12 years. Wow. Before I even spoke to anybody about it. And then when those things start popping up, they pop up. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Like, they pop up wild. And so, yeah, all this led to some trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What are some of the ways that you dealt with the trauma? Some unhealthy. Unhealthy Unhealthy. ways that I dealt with the trauma? Yeah. Let's get the dirt dirt out of the way. Let's get the dirt. I drank an absolute lot. I isolated myself by the the end. I keep saying that. And by the end of my time in the military, I was isolated completely. Um, I just stayed home and I would drink from sunup until sundown. On the days that I had to work, I would drink when I got home from work in order to sleep. Okay. Because I couldn't sleep otherwise. Um, I'd have a, a shot or two to get myself back up. Wow. And then I considered that being sober at work, where I grabbed a weapon and I drove around in a patrol car. Wow. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I was very, very, very aggressive, verbally, sometimes yeah. physically, um, at the drop of a hat. I yeah. was constantly on edge. I went to the doctor. They gave me some depression pills. This is what I ended up using to overdose. And it just, I didn't sleep for long periods of time. Yeah. And it triggered a, a bipolar diagnosis. Okay. And so I ended up doing all sorts of weird things. Like uh, I would shoplift. I'm in, at the time I was thirty something. I work in a jail, <laughs> and I am shopping, and I even big thing like yeah. like yeah. oranges, like <laughs> because my brain was so on fire. Yeah. From from alcohol, lack of sleep. Um, I went to the gym like seven days a week for at least two hours. Wow. I looked great. Oh. <laughs> but but, you did but not you, I also well. didn't look great. People would tell me at work they thought I was sick. Wow. Because I just I didn't look my face. I slept for forty five minutes and it was yeah, and it ended up um culminating, like I said, in a suicide attempt. And a four I almost said four months. Dear God, no. Four and a half week stay at the uh, local VA system. And no. um, that, at the time, as much as I hated it, saved my life. Yeah. So, but yeah. Lots of alcohol. Lots of aggression. Lots of walling myself off and never speaking to people about things. Yeah. Uh, I like to make people laugh, and it's easy to do that. Yeah. And oh, yeah. cover up things. Yeah. So, that's some of the yucky. Yeah. <laughs> so... I love, because um, I want to talk about some of the good stuff. That's kind of the reason why we asked you, because I remember I called you up on the phone, Heather, so this is what I'm thinking. And I feel this major pause on the other line, like, 
Dina, you've lost your mind. I don't know if what kind of Pandora box we're going to open. Yeah. But I also have seen what God has personally done in your life, right? Like, I, I remember meeting you the first time when you first came to church and how you looked then, the hollowness in your eyes and just you were mad at the world. And to hear just bits and pieces, I mean, this is the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you've sat and you've talked to us about things, but... But to know you almost had every right to be mad, you know? But um, you have some of the most beautiful writing. And I know that that's been one of those healing factors that has kind of come to you. So when did that start happening? I actually started a blog before coming to church before okay. getting to know God. It was a pretty angry block. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I started writing about my deployment as like a, a kind of a catharsis type thing. I just wanted to get everything down to remember it as best I could because by that point I started writing. My brain was so jumbled. I didn't remember what really happened and didn't. Yeah. Um, so I just started writing and it kind of helped clear out and make some of the way out for that. And that's when, um, that's when I started to write. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was very bits and pieces, nothing set and, uh, quite hopeless still at yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. Quite hopeless. I, um, it was when I moved up here, I was in church, I was following God and I was working at a behavioral facility for children i can't get away from it yeah um yeah and i started i started looking around one night and and it was just like i was in this unit with kids that were four and five like very young and it's 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 a mental health facility yeah and and i'm like this is wrong yeah this this shouldn't be yeah these these i shouldn't be seeing these things these eyes these kids are looking at me with these eyes that are way too old. This yeah. is wrong. Yeah. And that's the first time I started writing. And I was just, I was literally writing about like, I see these eyes in there. They shouldn't be. Yeah. I go to the teenage unit. And these are kids that people have already called dead because of their <sighs> drug use. And, and this shouldn't be. But I realize now that in I have Jesus in me. Yeah. And my eyes can give life. Yeah. And, and that was where that very first one came out. And I looked at it and I was like, what <laughs> I wrote. <laughs> I mean, and I just and I, I think I sent it to my mom, and she was like, "You need to, you need to share this." Cause yeah. Cool. And um, and that was probably the first one where I really started writing. Yeah. About trauma and the redemption. Yeah. In Jesus, that that there's not one or the other. They are one, and like you can have had both in your life. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. Like. Yeah. You should. If you're gonna have trauma, I'd rather have the redemptive power of Jesus in my life. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, but like this one doesn't exist without the other. Yeah. You can have both. Yeah. And it's exactly what God wants for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know with your writing, um, that you're actually working on a book. <laughs> I am working on the book. <laughs> the book is the deployment. <laughs> yeah. That uh the the book that started all this. Um Yes, so I am. I am in editing and possible publishing phase here shortly. Yeah, I'm always afraid to say I'm going to get it done. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm going to get it done. Yeah, so you are. You I'm are going to get it done, and 
I really want to get it done this this year. I don't want to put a time frame on it, but I, I do because there are other things I want to work on. Yeah. yeah. And that's just... I feel it's an important story, but it is not who I am now. Yeah. So I yeah. delving into it all the time is just not enjoyable. So what would be your um, catalyst for the book then? What is your end? What What do you want out of this? I, like somebody, somebody like me or somebody like any of our listeners, they pick up your book. What is it that you want us to to get out of it that's where we're working on yeah. um, I, I want people to see that's who I was yeah there will be something afterwards as to who I am now it just yeah. would be too big to set in one book yeah. right and but but if you can read and see what that looked like the hopelessness yeah. in there and to realize one that that can be someone who you used to be and you don't have to be that person anymore. Right. It's good for other people to know that. It's good. It's vital for military members to know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be the one thing that you got created into or however you want yeah. to put that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't have to stay there. Right. Because we have a lot of suicides in oh, the yeah. military community. Yeah. I've I was had two say, notifications this week. Oh, wow. In my career field, and yeah. so it's like, yeah, I don't know them all. Yeah, I need to. these mm-hmm. are lives worth saving, and yeah. what what's saving? What's going to save them is, is Jesus. That's right. Yeah. And knowing that you don't have to stay stuck. Yeah. In this hopeless ick of death that will pull you into death. Right. right again. And to be and to learn how to be broken in a different way. And to what? Be broken. Learn how to be broken in a different way. Absolutely. You know, yeah. being broken yeah. under somebody, being having this stuff broken off of you. Maybe yeah. that's what it is, and, you know. And knowing that who God wants a person to become. Yeah. Regardless of what has happened in their past, if that person is willing, God will use that for good. Absolutely. Yeah. It is not fun to talk about, yeah. you know. Right. But... If it helps someone, yeah. If it helps them to realize that that's there's a future and a yeah. hope for you, mm. yeah. Then I'll talk about the ick all day long. Yeah. yeah. And I know sometimes you know because we've we've experienced it with with this podcast and you know other things that we've done. You know when with you finishing your book and getting it out there, you know sometimes the the end goal, if you will, is just obedience you know hey i was told i need to write this book and put it out there yeah. you know even if nobody reads it even if nobody listens to this podcast you were obedient you you did what you were asked yeah and and you yeah. you you did it you wrote it you closed the book you put it out there yeah you know it, and i'm sure it's brought a lot of healing though too yes um and no, I don't okay. know. I mean, no, yes, absolutely. I want it's you to great be to get it out. Yeah. Um, but as you go through it, and if you read through it, I, I'm not the hero of the story. Yeah. Like, I, I am the person who became something you don't ever want to become. I was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you know, not even a cool anti hero. I was just <laughs> bad. I mean, it's just right. that we had a saying that. <clears throat> may or may not become the title. <laughs> so, yeah. But it, it was literally called Don't Let the Monsters Out. And it was mm. literally about not the people that I'm watching. Don't yeah. let that thing make me a monster. And it did. Yeah. It did. 
mm-hmm. um, I was, yeah, I was a monster, and it was not pretty, and it was not not comic book friendly. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't cool at all. And um, but that's not the end of the story. That's right. That's right. Because I'm not supposed to be the hero of my story. Yeah. And it's okay that the actual hero came into my story and made me into a hero. And yeah. so yeah, while the while the gross of that is is not necessarily is good to get out and yeah. it isn't because I'm like, well, I don't want people to see like I was not a very good person. Yeah. But at the same time, We've all done things that we are not the good person about. I was going to say you're creating you're creating a place of hope. It's almost like you're removing excuses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like I know a lot of times people say, um, you know, well, if you only knew my story, if you only knew who I was, who you know what I mean? And then it's like, and you don't want to be in a spitting contest with somebody, but you want to say, listen, I know. I know that I know that I know. I know what the redemptive hand of God can do. Mm -hmm. I know what it is to be completely lost in every sense of the word and then genuinely be found by the one that loves me more than anything on the planet. Yeah. You know, Um, I know that you had mentioned something um, that this is a way of also bringing some, some light to some stuff because Luke had already always said like back in the day when the, the soldiers would march they had a period of time. Yeah, because it was because um, I mean, as far as like the PTSD, and I know over the years, it's the what it's been called has changed over you know over time. You know, back in the day, it was shell shock. Now it's PTSD, and I, I was listening to somebody talking about you know what can we do about it? You know, because again, it's it's here. It's people are dealing with it, and uh, it was this doctor. Uh, psychologist psychiatrist he said one of the the downsides is nowadays you can have you know military personnel going from the battlefield back to home within like 12 to 24 hours and there's there's no way to process this you know because some theory is PTSD and, and all is what happens when we can't fully process or, or we don't really know what to do with these motions and and this this experience Mm um you know but back in the day you had to march home and sometimes that was a week you know or a month and so you had this time of you know that this time where people that had the shared experience they could sit around the campfire they could you know they could they could laugh they could you know have conversations and, and kind of get that out of their systems. And then by the time they're home, they're home, you know, because I, I think sometimes with that, that speed that people come home, there's no transition, you know, all of a sudden it's like, okay, hand in your desert camis and now here's your greens in your home. Okay. You're fine. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no transition. There's no, there's no, where's that switch? You know, where's where's the dial, even? And that was actually my first deployment. Um, I was in Pakistan, and then 60 hours later, flying-wise, I was back at my home base. Actually, I was on vacation in my home, and I had no idea what to do. Yeah. And then in Iraq, it was about four days, five days. Um, and yeah, and you got home, and you're just like, everything's green. 
half these people haven't even done what I've done. And I don't mean it in that special elite type way, but you're like, I I don't know who to talk to. Um, And I think that writing and sharing is, is cathartic for other people to hear. Yeah. But also for them to, how to put it, like realize that you don't have to only share your story with people that have gone through it. Yeah. There's a whole plethora of people in a person's life that want to know, Mm -hmm. truly want to know. They may not know how to say it. They may not know the pretty way to talk about it. Yeah. They they want to know how to connect with the person that they now have in front of them. Mm -hmm. And um, I think with this huge overlap of just, yeah, like you said, just coming home and suddenly, bang, everything's good. And it's, it's not good. And if people would be a little more open to to sharing, um, they might find that there's a lot more receptive audience amongst their family members and friends than they think. I went for decades thinking nobody in my family knew, could understand, or cared. Well, you know what? They didn't know because I didn't tell them. Okay. They didn't understand because, let's be fair, I went to do something so they didn't have to. Yeah. yeah. But they did they did want to know about because they did want to understand they do care yeah and so it's this idea sometimes of i can't talk to you because we were in the military at a different time i've heard right. people say that like, <laughs> i've said that i can't talk to those guys they were in desert storm and i was in uh, uh, you know iraqi freedom well, the same country war is like, war well same country ish yeah. but it's still combat it's still right Okay, maybe they weren't getting huge rocks chucked at their heads. They had bullets. Yeah. It's not a competition. Trauma is trauma no matter what it is. Right. It was trauma to one person, might not be trauma to another, but trauma itself leaves Mm. a mark. Right. That is identifiable in almost all people as far as you're going to, you feel ashamed for living. When other people didn't. Yeah. Or for surviving, or you know, however you want to put it. It doesn't matter if it's a rock or a bullet or anything else. There's still this awful stigma. And yeah. the more we begin to at least just talk a little bit about it, yeah. it releases that stigma. That, yeah. that poison comes out of the wound a little at a time. Yeah. Uh, are there things that I haven't told my parents absolutely yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what there are so much more that I have because yeah I found out that they did care they yeah. did want to know yeah so while we can't do the overlap in like years past yeah. unfortunately or wars past we can't do that overlap there's a way to do it here now yeah so. I was gonna say and I, and I know I've had the conversation because you brought up the whole well it was a different era it was a different co- you know it was a different combat zone um, I know for me some of the stuff that I deal with is I have the but I was stateside um, yeah. because a lot of what what I deal with was because um, I was part of the team that would welcome fallen service members home yeah um, so I was carrying a lot of you know I, I when we're in the situation, we're like, yep, we're just carrying bodies. You know, we would do our best to desensitize it. And so it was like, when you're doing that for a year and, you know, I mean, you do this two, sometimes three days a week, you know, 
and you know I, I've explained to Dina that you know and I'm sure you've seen it because you were over there but when when a service member falls they just take all their gear in the in the aluminum transfer case pack it with dry ice and put it on a plane and when it comes to Dover you know we'd be part of the team we'd pick it up and it's like pick up one and it feels like it's about 300 pounds pick up the next one and you're sitting there wondering is there is there a finger is this just a finger you know and thought it was gonna be okay but I know one thing that being said I know one thing that that Dina's asked because one of my things is I shut down because I, I isolate a lot um but I know as far as I know we talk about what we've gone through and what we try to do. But Dina's asked, she's like, what can family do? What can friends do? You know, especially those that, that are near to us that are yeah. like, I'm seeing something. Yeah. What can I say? What, what can I, how can I reach out? I mean, I know I've usually said just, just talk to me. I mean, it helps that I trust her with everything. Um, but I mean, have, have you found anything that, or, or do you have a preferred approach? <laughs> um, I have long story short, when I got here back to, back to home, um, my body just kind of did this trauma overload and it just shut down mm. for like months. I couldn't drive anywhere by myself. I couldn't go, I couldn't do anything by myself. And so, I had to have somebody close by, um, which kind of cut through that whole isolationism. Like, I don't have to talk, <laughs> but there's, you know, somebody's got to drive Heather to Walmart and make sure that I pick up, I don't know, cookies, like yeah. whatever. Like I, and I had to have people and it was, it was embarrassing for a while. Um, but I would have, uh, especially a good friend of mine helped me come up with like a playlist of music that I could just put on in the car or wherever I was at and just I called it my foggy playlist <laughs> and it had songs and it was just constantly songs either reminding me who am I yeah you know God has God has me I'm not gone yeah. um there were times where family would read just uh, Psalm 139 over me when oh. I couldn't sit up or do anything they would just come in they would they would read pretty much most of Psalm 139 yeah um, and just be close by, you know, sometimes talk to me, sometimes not talk to me at mm. all, Yeah. but, um, take me for a walk. I know it sounds like, you know, like I'm a puppy out on, yeah. on a leash. Come Heather, yeah. let's go for it. But no, it, she's, she's done it's kind yeah. of what happened and, yeah. and it was just, it underscored to me, um, the fact that God is always there. Because yeah. he's putting these people in my life. It wasn't always my mom and dad that was doing this. It was friends, too. And, and they, he was putting people in my life to underscore the fact that I am going to be with you. Yeah. Not because they are with you, but because I am with you. Yeah. And, and if for any re anything that I can come out of that entire really dark time, because I really thought that... Oh God, I'm going to end up in the hospital again. I might, mm. I might try to kill myself, and I don't even know it. Like I, I just was all sorts, and I realized that through all of that, I can realize when I'm in the darkness alone, 
God is there. I can feel him. I know it because he's been there this time. Yeah. And I know he will absolutely be there should this ever happen again, which I hope it never does. But right. And I have a family who is not going to sit quietly and friends who are not going to sit quietly and just let me wander off. They're going to sit with me. They're going to be quiet with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to go and they're going to intercede for me if they need to. They're going to they're going to be with me whether I need them to be loud or be quiet. Yeah. And we did some family game nights. We did some of that. I did a lot of puzzling. And just very simple things that could let my brain mm-hmm. heal. There you go. That's a good way to put it because I was yeah. going to say mush, but like <laughs> yeah. let it come from mush and become a brain again. Yeah. And um I mean, I had my one of my brothers, there was a particular person who kept trying to, not in a bad way, just ask a lot of questions of me, and I just could not handle it. Sure. And literally, at one point, one of my brothers just stepped in and said, you know what, um, not, now is not a good time, and maybe you should come back in a few weeks. Yeah. Like, And it was, they sometimes just made themselves a buffer yeah. if they needed to. Yeah. And so that was really important to me because... I was a person who lived off of, you have to prove yourself to me. Mm. That's not a way to live. Yeah. But they did. Yeah. In and of just the way they treated me. They proved themselves to me. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Yeah. And so, I hope that answered the question. That does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, what do you do, Luke? Because um, you do different things than Heather. And, I again, this is one of the number one reasons why... Yeah. This was my idea it, this to was, yeah. have the two of you in the same room and say, these are two people that I care about deeply, mm-hmm. and I see the goodness of God working in both of your lives, and you both are doing it from different yeah. perspectives, different ways. You're on the side where you're seeing things, people's lives actually being snuffed out in front of you. You're the one that's taking them off of these planes, and you know, and you're yeah. all, you're both feeling yeah. death. Yeah. Basically. And so it's like, what has been some of the things that you have done that has helped healed or that like me, because you've already said with me, but other people that are listening that, you know, if they have a person that's in the midst and it doesn't even have to be warfare, just something traumatic, somebody that's you nailed up, you know, a couple of things that you personally have gone through. I've actually gone through a couple of the similar things, just sexually, you know, trauma, stuff like Mm. that. And it's like, what are some things that you can say or that you have done personally that have helped you? I mean, as kind of like as a quick aside, I mean, when I first got out, I, I did the unhealthy, how much can I drink? Yeah. 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 That, that never ends well. Um, so I, I did a lot of unhealthy coping, um, but it was when I, when I got to church, I, I learned... I started to learn what what healthy coping was. Yeah. Um, what does that look but, like? Well, I was going to yeah. say, and, and even even then, it was a long journey to try to figure out because I I did I I didn't I I would have been jealous of you, Heather, because when you came back, you had a family. I didn't feel like I could communicate with my family. I I felt like we were too different. Um, so there, there were a lot of times where I felt like I was dealing with stuff on my own, um, but it was, it was, it was a slow journey of starting to find people that I could be around, that I could trust, um, 
you know, finding people that, that I, I would allow them to speak into my life. Um, but I, I think, you know, cause I, I tried the read this, listen to that, watch this, um, don't watch that. Um, you know, I, I tried the gym's a good outlet, you know, and, <laughs> and it's, it's not because sometimes my anxiety would get the better of me and I didn't like people. And so it's like, <laughs> these people are in the people in the, ah. Staring at me in the mirror. Yes. <laughs> no, honey, they're staring at themselves. Yes. <laughs> but um, I, I think for me recently within the past, what, what's it been, two, three years mm-hmm. now? Um, yeah. With me starting the woodworking. And, you know, similar to your, you know, Heather, your your book writing um and your other writings and blogs it's to get your hand on something and to start to create you know finding you know it sometimes it is a long and hard process to find what is my outlet yeah um you know and and i think i i do I, i think that's the hardest part is trying to find that outlet trying to find where's that where's that calm center yeah you know that that even though the storm rages where where can i find my peace it's like yes i know that i can pray yeah i can i can find that peace in the holy spirit but but where physically can i go right or or be or do that that helps hold on to that yeah um you know, because sometimes it does. It, it sometimes the storm just rages that dark. Yeah. And I think sometimes for me, I've had to let it. Yeah. I've had to let it get dark. Um, not because God can't reach there. Right. Uh, but it's like a grieving process. I have to grieve. Yeah. I. Yeah. I who I was at at nineteen was forever changed in one night yeah who i was at 22 was pulverized over and over again for 10 months Mm. um i don't know your age was so you don't have to throw it out there but like (laughs) who you were at that time yeah no you're good um that got changed yeah and to say it didn't would be a lie and it would be demeaning the fact that you went through something and you survived and and you know god isn't like i've come to heal so you'll never remember anything ever again like i have to be nice but a magic fairy you know you just like flip flip the lamp on and i'm healed and nothing bad has ever happened to me but this is naive i mean jesus didn't forget what the crucifixion felt like and looked like i'm I'm sure right Otherwise, right. why would he keep the nails in his hands? I mean, the nail just, scars yes. in his hands, not the nails. Yeah. Yeah. The nail scars <laughs> in his hand. Why? Because he remembers that yeah. stuff. It yeah. it might not cause him to stay awake at night. Well, that's cool because he's the son of God, and yeah. um, we're not there yet. But it's okay when it gets hard. That's yeah. not a failure. No. Because there are times where I'm happy as a clam, and then by the end of the day, I'm like, I can't get out of bed. And I'm like, what happened? Yeah. I had a great day, and then I remembered, you know, this is the day that my friend died, or what? Or the worst part is I forgot. Mm. 
I yeah. forgot that this was the day that somebody died. And then it puts guilt and, on you. And that's even worse. Mm. But to let it go, I don't think, is, is the key. Yeah. Is you can't let go of your skin. You can't let go of these things. Like, these are who what make you who you are. Yeah. And it's important to acknowledge that, but not let it be the driving factor of your life. Yeah. Is there a day where it's going to be real bad? Yeah, maybe. You're still not alone. Yeah. You know, God is still still with us. He, you know, people are still with us, but it's okay to be like, you know what? I I call it, today's a redo day. I'm just going to redo it tomorrow. (laughs) Like, I just, (laughs) it's not today. It's not the day. Yeah. And I think those will get less and less of time. For me, they've gotten less and less of time because I've acknowledged them. I love that. Instead of trying to power through and be turned into a word I just won't say. Um, You know, (laughs) like, I haven't tried to do that as much anymore. And I've allowed myself, I need this day Mm -hmm. for whatever. Or I need a moment. Maybe it's not a day. Maybe it's ten minutes. We're big advocates on everything that's in the dark. Bring, Put a spotlight on it. Bring it to the light. And it usually loses at least part of the power that it had on you because those things that live in the dark live in secret and then they can torment you however they want to. Mm -hmm. But when you pull it out into the light, especially the light of God, you start, the power diminishes. It starts to diminish. So It can't grip you. It's like like if you have an infection in a cut. Mm Mm-hmm. The only way to get that out is to open the cut up, yep. which doesn't feel great. Yeah. Push all the ick out. So oh, sorry. Which doesn't feel great. <laughs> it doesn't. It feels terrible. Yeah. It feels like you're yeah. dying at the time, even right. if it's a paper cut. Right. Yeah. But otherwise, it will not heal. Right. And you're actually, right. the infection will just grow. Right. And so, it, like you said, it's got to be exposed. Mm-hmm. It has to be seen. Yeah. Um, and for me, a lot of it was I had to let myself grieve over stuff I would not do years ago. Yeah. Was just to grieve. Um, I had two friends killed within six days. Not where I was at. Wow. But but they were friends of mine. Yeah. And um, I didn't get to grieve. I had to go to work. We were deployed. I had right. a job to do. I had to go play with the inmates. Like, right. I didn't get to grieve with that at all. Mm. And I never did because by the time I got home, I thought, why cry? I mm. mean, they're dead. Yeah. And then I come and come back. Like yeah. my tears ain't aren't magical, so I didn't for I think twelve or thirteen years. I couldn't cry at all. Wow! And uh, it's actually still a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, people get teared up. I'm like, oh. but it, but I can a little bit. <laughs> but um, it's so it's like when that moment hits me, I'm like, you know, I just need to sit and grieve for a second. Yeah. Or 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 sit and be happy for a second. Yeah. Even when I don't know that's what I'm feeling. I'm like, why am I crying? I'm so happy right now. And when I've done it before, I'm like, I don't understand. My tears are coming out. And it's like, I was like, I gotta get these out of you. You need to get them out. And it's it's again, I gotta expose it. I had to lessen it with time. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's it's just gone. Right. It's just lessened. Right. And it's going away. And I think it also helps. I know with me, past, y'all's past, I don't want to put any words in anybody's mouth, but just those moments where you know that these are life-changing pinnacle times in your life, good or bad, and then you have 
God come along, and then it's that scripture where it says, you know, I turn all things for my good. Mm -hmm. I turn all things for my good. Because Heather, your testimony is going to be somebody else's prophecy. Luke, your testimony is going to, you know what I mean? Somebody's life is going to be rescued or changed or healed, or there's going to be a catalyst that's going to say, I can breathe another day. Okay, all right, you gave me a reason to want to be here another day. And I think that that's, it's crucial. Y'all's stories are crucial. So I appreciate you coming, my friend. Thanks for having me on here. <laughs> I do. I appreciate it. Did you want to, do you have anything that you want to leave everybody with? Because, you, girl, you got some stuff. I'm serious. I, I For our listeners, you, you Heather, you're one of our favorite people. Our little boy, you're his bud. He thought you were coming here for him today. It was so cute. You were here for him, and I appreciate that. um, Just like we can't always decide what's going to be traumatic in our life. Yeah. Because I I would love to say no, that wasn't traumatic, but but it was. You know. Yeah. We have the power through God to change the trauma. Yeah. And to turn it into a resiliency that you can then use. If if what we've done is able to reach out and grab somebody else, is it not worthwhile? I mean, I wouldn't go back and do it over again. But <laughs> right. but like, yeah. is it not worthwhile? Like I I have left some things behind me. Luke, you've left some things behind you. You've left some things behind you. Yeah. And I'm doing that because I plan on taking some captives with me yes, right ma'am. out of hell you yes, can keep ma'am. that stuff yes and and it maybe affects me a little bit but it's not going to change my life and i'm grabbing some captives and absolutely I'm because yeah. at the end of the day i'm still a warrior that's right that is who god made me be yes ma'am. that's that's the kind of person i am i'll, I'll fight with love it's <laughs> a learning concept for me <laughs> but I want to learn how to do that because I want to yeah. be effective absolutely for Jesus absolutely I, I, I don't want to be stuck yeah. here I'll let I'll use this to move me forward yeah. so I love that agreed yeah anything else big I mean I I think just what I would leave people with is um, you know again whether people are dealing with it or you know somebody that's dealing with it it's it's never too dark to start over. Um, mm-hmm. I know I know we say that you know you know we we love the saying eternity starts now. That's right. Um, you know his his mercies are new every morning. I, I know I've been in the bottom of that barrel where everything is hopeless and you yeah. cannot see a way out. But my biggest message is there's always hope. You can always start again. Yeah. It starts now. Yeah. So. The scripture that I want to leave everybody with is, um, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to give my Reader's Digest version. And you kept saying it. um, Neither death nor life, nor principality nor power, there is nothing, angel or demon, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So no matter what you have done, no matter how far gone you think you are, he is right there, ready to reach out and rescue you. Mm-hmm. Heather, we love you big. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Have the best day, guys. Enjoy the journey.